Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the final episode in the season of the podcast. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm saying that right now. I did decide to make this the final episode in the season just because we are getting into Christmas, into Advent, you guys, and um, I just really felt like this was such a great conversation to end this season on because man, my talk with Caroline was just so rich and um, raw and good. And I'm just so excited to get you guys listening to part two. In case you missed it, last week was part one of our conversation where she really just opened up about seasons of waiting. And you guys, she is a songwriter and a storyteller and just so gifted with expressing things through words that I think so many of us have experienced in our lives. And so, yeah, she's just become such a great friend. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen to part two today when she shares about her infertility and PCOS journey. But before we get into our conversation, I just wanted to thank every single person who has left a rating or a review. I know you guys hear this all the time, but truly, it does really help get the word out about the show, help the algorithm push the show to more like-minded women. And I am so grateful when you guys share on Instagram too. Such a huge help, by the way. But even if you guys are a Spotify listener, okay, I know some of you guys, a lot of you guys actually love Spotify. Trust me, I love Spotify too. But if you have an iPhone and you could just go to the Apple Podcast app and then leave a review there with a comment too, even if you don't listen on the Apple Podcast app, that would be such a gift and just the best Christmas gift. Um, so thank you guys. And if you want to further support the show, you can join our Patreon called The Cottage Club where I have a monthly ask page anything. I also will send you a little gift in the mail whenever you join and if you join our highest tier of support then I'll actually call you on the phone and we'll get to chat and get to know each other a bit in that way. It's just a bit more personal where we can connect and it truly helps support the show. You guys our Patreon has fully funded the like cost of the show so definitely not the time but like it logistically I have to pay like a certain amount of money each month to host the show and thank you to your generous thanks to your generous support um of our patreon patrons you guys are covering it thank you so much that is a huge help such a huge help so that is something I wanted to share, a win. Um, we also are almost up to 70 
thousand downloads, which blows my mind. I cannot even believe it. And this is our 53rd show. God's faithfulness is just so evident. I continue to just ask him, like, God, what do you want for the Love in a Cottage podcast? You know, what do you want for this ministry because this isn't my full-time job by any means. I am a stay-at-home mom and homemaker, and this is something that I really just felt the Lord calling me to, but I've tried to be so open about it with Him. And so, yeah, I just want to truly say thank you so much for being here and for your sharing of the show and for your support of the show. It just means the world that we are um, through this show getting to encourage women who are in many of you are in your 20s we have lots of listeners in 30s and 40s who are just navigating marriage and motherhood and um, maybe small business owners or homemakers and yeah ultimately what all of us share in common no matter our season or life stage is that we are following Jesus and learning to love him and look like him so Anyways, <laughs> um, I wanted to share our weekly memory verse, and that is Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. If you've been in the church, you may be familiar with this verse, but it is such a good one. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And I'm actually reading from the NIV translation. Usually I read ESV, but I like this because it says in all your ways submit to him and you guys I think I can acknowledge the Lord while I'm like on my way to do whatever I want I'm like hey God just you know letting you know I'm going to do this okay um you know it reminds me of in Little Women when Joe is talking about her sister Beth dying and she's like well God hasn't met my will yet you know she's acknowledging him but she's not like submitting to him and um I don't know that's like kind of a silly example but that's just what comes to mind and so yeah I was kind of looking at different translations of this verse and thinking about in all your ways submit to him wow I know that that S word can be tricky for some people and there can be some hurt maybe that you've experienced within that and connected to that word. But what I know about God is that he's good and he's safe and he loves us and he cares for us and he has um, the best intentions and just everything about him is good, right? So um, we can trust him, trust and obey and submit to him um, because it says that he will make our paths straight and because he loves us and he's good. So that is this week's memory verse. And finally, uh, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that something very exciting is happening. We are planning a spring retreat for, yeah, this community. I got to host a retreat last spring in Kansas City, Missouri with my friend Liz, and it was so special. And we um, were maybe going to do one this fall, but I you know, kind of anticipated a, a shifting of seasons for our family and praise God, like I didn't plan one because we ended up doing a cross-country move. But yeah, I really just felt led to host another one and I am so excited. It's going to be an opportunity to connect with you guys in person, um, to really just get to know one another um, in a deeper way and to to further build this community. Um, yeah, whenever we got together in Kansas City, we just like visited coffee shops and made dinner and took walks and cut flowers. But, you know, even more than all these really fun things that we got to do, 
we shared convictions and our fears and dreams and stories and it just had so many good life-giving conversations that continually just brought us back to the Lord and his heart for us and you know maybe lies we believe about God and ways that the spirit like has moved in our lives and it was just so encouraging and so I would love to invite you guys to be part of it I don't have all the details published yet but I will actually have like a little bonus episode um go live with all those details Uh, the same day that they go up on Instagram, just because I know not all of you guys are on social media, which I think is awesome, by the way. So um, yeah, I just want to let you know that will be in March. I don't have the dates officially yet. I'm um, booking the Airbnb and everything, but yeah, in March and it will be in California in Orange County. So I cannot wait. I so hope to see you there. This is for any woman who is a part of this community. I guess I'm kind of just giving you guys some of the details now if you're listening, but nursing babies are welcome. I will have my Juliet with me, I believe is the plan. And yeah, we're just going to commune together. We're going to get to go to the beach and some fun local coffee shops. We have a creative workshop that we're planning, but really just a lot of like getting to know each other and a good, good time. It's going to be awesome. Um, So yeah, pricing, dates, all that to follow. So I have now been at this for way too long, (laughs) like almost 10 minutes of an intro, but I felt like all of that was very important to know, so the podcast will be returning in the spring, probably around March. I'll make an announcement on Instagram whenever we're coming back, but thank you guys again. I so hope you enjoy part two of my conversation with Caroline Hansen. Yeah, all that to say, all of that was so helpful for really setting up the framework for your fertility journey and just seeing how... Man, years and years of like waiting, he like built that in you. But I think sometimes I can trick myself after it feels like we finally passed through a season that was really hard. Mm-hmm. And to be like, great, that's over. Now we can Never live gonna our happen again. You're talking about yeah. in your twenties, it's like, okay, on to the next thing. And I don't even mean that cynically, but it's like that's why yeah. like Christ is like our rock because everything is shifting around us literally all the time. Right. right. And so it's like yeah, a supercharged I, decade of life for sure. Yes, exactly. So what year did you guys get married? And then what kind of just walk us through like where you guys yeah. are at now? Um, into even like discovering that you were facing infertility and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we like I said, we our relationship kind of went into light speed and it was just so easy and fun and falling in love was the best thing ever. Um, and it was just rich and messy and figuring everything out. And we got engaged in 2019 and it was honestly the best day of my life. Um, he planned a very elaborate proposal on Catalina Island, which is my, my, both mine and his like most treasured place in the world. Um, mine since meeting him, but he has so many memories there. And it was, I mean, he just, it was such an expression of who Noah is. Like he, 
he like organized everything. It was just this big epic display of friendship and love. And my family was there and all of our college friends and we had dinner on the beach. And it was honestly just this like literal and figurative mountaintop moment. Um, Mm. and I was just, you know, beaming. And I think, you know, life is, you know, cyclical and things kind of go like this. Um, but right after, you know, a lot of things started to happen physically for me health wise that I, you know, just was struggling with. So we had the pandemic hit us about halfway through our engagement, which was a lot as far as planning a wedding in the middle of that, starting our lives. Cause we graduated in 2019. We'd done this documentary for a year yeah. and that was an incredible experience. It was this really like high, exciting, you know, really beautifully concentrated time of life. And then, you know, things started to shift and, you know, hardship did come and challenge did come, you know, after this like beautiful, exciting honeymoon period and engagement period. Um, but I, started to have a lot of health problems kind of come to a head that I had been struggling with my whole life while we were engaged and while we were planning a wedding. So I was experiencing a lot of heightened stress as far as planning a wedding and then the pandemic and having recently graduated college, trying to figure out, you know, what practically does my life look like? You know, I've Mm -hmm. fallen in love with this, with my best friend and I love doing life with him. And at that point we had launched our business and, We were running a production company and doing freelance projects, but, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do practically. Like, did I need to get a nine to five? Like just figuring it out, just the day to day things. Um, And so stress was at an all time high and I, you know, I just, I hadn't had a period for like eight months. So that was really alarming. Um, I was having metabolic issues. I was having migraines and mood swings and I could not pinpoint like the through line. It was like, okay, am I just really stressed? And all of these things that I've dealt with kind of in tandem are like really heightened right now. Like what's going on? I didn't really even know if they were related, you know, yeah. The hormonal things. I had acne. I was on birth control for the first time, hormonal birth control, which now I would not touch it with a 10 foot pole, but that's a yeah. conversation for a different time. <laughs> yes. But like that, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so yeah. I was just experiencing so many like changes with my body and my face and my insides. And it was just like whiplash all the time. And I was so overwhelmed trying to plan a wedding. My, I mean, just so many hard things at once. So I couldn't yeah. figure out what it was. And, and it's hard to know if it's like, is this I, just stress? Like, is this just a season? Will it just right, go away? Am I away? making this up? Right. For sure. Right. Is it? Yeah. Is it that I'm engaged and planning a wedding is just really hard? Um, is it the pandemic? You know, that seems to right. be like this, this giant trigger blanket has just been put on all of us, you know? And yeah. Right. So it was hard to figure it out. Um, but I ended up going to a specialist, got blood work done, you know, got misdiagnosed for something. And so this was at this point, like years and right around the time we got married. So I, I'd been experiencing, experiencing these things, you know, at 
different times in my life throughout my life, but then Mm -hmm. this was kind of the height of it. And so right around the time we got married, maybe a little before, maybe a little after I was diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which basically is kind of a network of symptoms that point to this diagnosis. And Mm. to be honest, it was very similar to our fertility diagnosis, which I'll get to in a second. But when I heard it, it was like instant relief. It was like, oh my gosh, I have answers. I'm not this like crazy person and I'm not I'm not magnifying my problems or being dramatic. And yeah, I've always struggled with validating like my gut feelings and the things I feel and speak and think. And it's really in contrast to my relationship with the Lord and the things I, I know that he says about me, which, you know, typically is, is how it goes. Like my insecurities are so in opposition. It's like, I really feel like the Lord's given me a gift of discernment and like, kind of this gut feeling about things. And I never have trusted that throughout my life. I had a lot of people speak um, negatively over, you know, things I would say or challenging things. And, and I really felt small kind of my whole life. So when I was going through these health issues, I had this lie and this narrative once again of like, this isn't real or you're making this up or you're being dramatic. You know, I was one girl in a sea of boys growing up. So it was a lot of like drama queen language and, you know, a lot of fear of feelings and things like that. And so I was really anxious about all of these things I was feeling. And then I got this diagnosis. It was relief, you know, immediate relief. And then it opened me up to this this world of overwhelm, like overwhelm of information on social media or overwhelm of like, you know, when you, when you're going through a health diagnosis, that is when people are feasting on your vulnerabilities more than ever, because all you want is relief. All you want is an answer. And so on social media, you have all of these conflicting and contrasting point of views. Like this is the diet you should eat. This is how I exercise. This is how I reverse my PCOS. This is how I conceived. This is how I did this. And they're all in opposition with each other. And with PCOS specifically, it's a really new um, diagnosis. So like our parents' generation, a lot of women probably struggled with this. It's, It's at baseline a genetic disorder that's rooted in your hormones and a lot of times your blood sugar levels. So I had hormonal issues on my mom's side. My mom and grandma had endometriosis. My doctors think I may have endometriosis. And then on my dad's side, there's a long history of blood sugar irregulation and, and heart disease and diabetes. So it was like, I was this perfect genetic cocktail to kind Mm. of become the poster child of PCOS. And Mm. while at first it felt like answers and validation, I also struggled with, you know, this overconsumption of information online and this feeling like, all of my symptoms and everything, like I could live with this thing. It wasn't a terminal illness, but it affected my daily life very deeply. And it felt like the broken woman's disease, like no kidding, which is just, 
I think struggling with everything I did growing up, like that desire to be loved, self-esteem issues, really feeling like my my feelings were too big for any room I walked into. I'm an Enneagram too, so I have like deep roots in a fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I've I've spoken pretty candidly on here, so I'm sure it kind of is all clicking for people, but Yeah. I mean, to be transparent, like it felt like this banner over my head of all of Mm. these fears that I felt about who that I, who I was had like a name now and were true about me. And so it was a lot mentally and emotionally. And that was a little over two years ago that I got my diagnosis. Um, And I just, I feel like at about two years was when I really started to face that diagnosis with truth, like with biblical truth and Mm. looking at my diagnosis from a biblical worldview other than outside of, or instead of looking at it through a social media worldview or, um, you know, a cultural worldview and what's happening in medicine and research and whatnot. So I feel like I'm kind of just peeking my head out of that season of just like, oh my gosh, well now I need to do all of these things. Like I went from having this relationship with God, you know, that was really dependent and reliant and full of faith and expectancy. I mean, when I was dating Noah, before I was dating Noah, you know, before he was in my life, I just had a lot of faith. I would like fling open the door, like what is God going to do today? You know, and just expectancy. There's no other word for it. My verse at the time of that period of my life was Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And I was just like singing that to the rooftops. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a worshiper at my heart. Like I crave to just worship the Lord and like proclaim his goodness. And I would just fling open the door and like skip out of my house. And um, I, with this diagnosis, just felt like it just narrowed my vision and my, the way that I lived my life became ruled by, you know, the newest research or different, like it was trial and error, trial and error. And some things would work and I would get relief at some point and then it would come back or things would flare up. And it just, it's been this really hard journey of, you know, feeling like, I have to fix myself and that it's in my control to like unbreak myself and it's up to you. It's up to you. And you're, you're an adult now. Like you can't live your life so flippantly and uh, joyfully like you're, you're rooted with responsibilities and you have things to lose. And basically, you know, I knew that PCOS affected your fertility. I knew that it had something to do with making it difficult to conceive. Um, And I was struggling, you know, at the time with more of like the daily implications of it, like not, Mm -hmm. not getting a period, an inability to lose weight, which just rocked my world because I would work harder. Um, It felt like than anybody else. And I live a really, what I've, you know what my doctor and my friends and my community say is a really healthy lifestyle and mm. like constant movement and just making every effort and yeah. it wasn't paying off so to speak mm. um 
So kind of dealing with just like this feeling like I had this banner over my head of, of brokenness as a woman, like I couldn't, my body was not in line with what it should be, quote unquote. I felt, you know, entitled to these things as a woman. And I felt entitled to these things as a, like, as a woman of God, like I, you know, I'm in relationship with you. I'm a good person or whatever, you know, those like, yeah, absolutely untrue. I've been so faithful. Why can I not just be normal at baseline? Mm-hmm. You know, why can I not? Um, so it was a lot of learning that like my diagnosis was not my fault. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of heart work there of understanding yeah. that I can, you know, accept this and live with this and cope with it and not blame myself and like live in shame for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that this is something that the Lord really is using to make me more like him. And so this summer, um, we had been trying for about six months with like kind of secrecy about it because I was really in fear that this would happen. And we went to, a doctor's appointment. And I went, um, to like dip my toes into, to what I thought was true basically. And we got like an official infertility diagnosis, which really for us, um, you know, based on my blood work and based on my PCOS and how my PCOS reveals itself, um, it was basically like, it's going to be impossible for you guys to get pregnant. And the advice was, you know, seek medical intervention as soon as possible. Um, and most people, when they don't know that they have, that they're going to struggle with infertility before they even try kind of thing, they're given or they're prescribed or whatever, a year of trying to basically qualify yourself, um, for infertility. And which is just, you know, it's all, it's, it's multi-layered and, and I don't know if I totally agree with that, but just, you know, if you're at normal, I guess, if you have a, a normal hormonal, you know, whatever that means, baseline, yeah. like yeah. a year of trying and then you're, I guess, diagnosed with infertility, which is such a, like a gut punch hearing it similarly to being diagnosed with PCOS that was, you know, relief and a gut punch in different ways. But to be honest, Paige, like infertility, like hearing just the word, it felt like the other shoe had dropped. Like, and that suspicion of God that we were talking about just like (laughs) re-entered with flames, like flew open the door and went right into my heart. It was like, gosh, this God, like, okay, I've struggled with this before. Like, like really trusting and being suspicious that you're as good as you say you are and that you actually can satisfy me and that I don't need a man or a husband, you know, whatever to fulfill that. But now like being a mom, really like we're, this is everything to me. Like this is it. And hearing just the word infertility. I mean, it just really bottomed me out. Like it, it, it broke me. It was devastating. And, um, 
I think when you have, again, when you have like a medical diagnosis, it's so tempting for that to like become your world because you have validity behind it. Yes. And I think it's really hard to hold both like, okay, this is what my doctor's saying, but like, here's, you know, my relationship with the Lord. And I don't operate in this in the natural, you know, and he, from a biblical perspective, time and time and time again, he actually built the salvation of the world in the womb of a barren woman. (laughs) Like the love story that has saved us and bent down and like, it's all, you know, dripping with, again, evidence of the faithfulness of God in through what the world, you know, it's, it's all backwards. It's all flipped on its head. It's an upside down kingdom. So it's like, here, here I am again, (laughs) faced with this diagnosis, but this like really deepened trust in God. So it's like suspicion Mm. and trust, suspicion and trust. And yeah. Yeah. uh, Oh my gosh. Like balancing that has been really, really difficult because this is probably the deepest desire of my heart, you know? And I, it's just really, I think in, in a beautiful way, it's like wiped everything off the table in a really swift motion. Like it's gone straight for the jugular. Like there's no, like I always talk about like tasting Jesus on an empty stomach. Mm. Like when you have, when you experience grief, how it really just stretches you and it wipes out everything in its path. Like grief, just Instagram can't hold it. TikTok can't hold it. My friends, you know, as much as they can come around me and support me and it's such an important piece of it, but they can't hold it. Noah can't hold it. Like this diagnosis, just like all of these idols and distractions and, you know, disassociative behaviors, like the ways I was just numbing to get through day-to-day life, like fell to dust under this infertility word. And what's left was like me and God standing on this like football field and he's at the end and he was like the last man standing of all of like these things in my life that Mm. got crushed under the weight of this daunting, horrible, devastating word. And I mean, he's, he's still standing like, yeah, it's just, that's kind of, I guess the story of, of our infertility journey, um, up until this point, like, I guess up until our, our diagnosis. Totally. Yeah. So it's like, what I hear you saying is like, you're planning your wedding, you're moving through pandemic, which no one has experienced before. And like, you know, again, like you said, there's this instant relief when you get these diagnoses, but then what comes next, you know, like then it's the hard day to day nitty gritty, like, what do I do with this? Because you really could take the approach of like being what some would say is proactive and like research and trying these things, or you could just like, you know, sit and be with the Lord. And like, I don't think he's calling you to, you know, to never research these things, but he's also not saying like, 
just be blind and Put like not look into it. Yeah. yeah. And so I can't imagine like, yeah, PCOS in and of itself is so much, but to get like, I don't know, this even greater diagnosis of infertility, like that yeah. sounds like it was absolutely crushing. And then to believe that like the best doctors and this giant word like doesn't have the final say that that's not the end while also navigating what's next. That's just right. so much. Did you find there was any like tension or – um I don't know, challenges with you guys being younger too because I have I know every like doctor, I guess, or practice is different, but I've had some friends who have walked through similar things and they're like in their mid-20s and even yeah. though they've been diagnosed, sometimes they've faced like, oh, well, you're in your 20s. Like you have so much yeah. time. But like, no, right. the God has given – them this desire to be a mother and they want to be a mother now. So, um, and even just within the Christian community where it's more common for people to like get married, you know, everyone, every story is different, but like getting married younger, having kids younger. What has that been like navigating all this at what you're 25? 25. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely like, um, like I said, it was always kind of like in the back of my mind, like, is this going to be, is this going to be the apex of everything I've struggled with? Like, so I had, you know, uh, an inkling, but I didn't want to, you know, vocalize that or, you know, as far as like when we were married and struggling with PCOS and all those things, it's like, I didn't know, no. And you're, you're always hoping that that's not actually your story because it is something at the end of the day, like, it's totally out of everyone's control. You know, it, it is the most miraculous thing that happens, I believe. Um, yes. And yeah. like, so it, here I am like full of faith, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and then it's like, but everyone's telling me I'm not going to have a baby. So, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, the young, the young part of it for sure like my doctor kind of my, I have an awesome doctor. And I think if you are walking through infertility in any facet and all experience of experiences of it are valid, whether you've been going through it for years or you've been going through it for months or you've had a diagnosis or you've just been trying to conceive and you're defeated and you're questioning and you're wondering what's wrong with you and you're, you know, whatever it is, like it is a raw deep, heavy experience that's often not talked about because that we carry it around in this glass bubble as women afraid to offend and afraid to step on toes or afraid that, you know, we're constantly invalidating our own experiences. So we're afraid to talk about it because what if someone else is going through it worse? And, you know, I think I've really had to feel what I feel and, and don't feel what I don't feel and Mm -hmm. live in that with God. And, you know, again, like be my most authentic self with him and my most authentic self with him wants to be a mom and wants to be a young mom and wants to be a healthy mom. And I don't know what my story holds and I don't know what the end result is going to be. I don't know really even how to face this. Like, I don't know how to balance the practical implications of 
you know, my health and my daily decisions with not over obsessing and really trusting that, you know, God could bless me with children that outnumber the stars. Like that this is a really like beautiful thing, like a really beautiful thing to invite him into. And I think Mm -hmm. at this age, kind of walking through different things in my past and walking through, you know, my relationship with Noah and other things in my childhood, like I have proof to not be afraid, you know, like I know that I don't have to be afraid. And and he didn't need to give me that proof. Like mm-hmm. I have the cross, you know, like it's, he has the final say and yet he's still gone above and beyond to continually remind me, um, that I don't have to be afraid and that I don't have to rely on myself, but it is like the older that you get and the more you have to lose and the more that you care about and the more you're rooted, like we were talking about yesterday in like life on this earth and you have a home and you have desires and you have a way you want to live and a way that you see your life going. And maybe you do have kids already in the world. That's even more, you're even more rooted and more in desire for control, you know, over your life. And it does, it's really tempting to like sink my claws into it. And like, I mean, I have done everything. I mean, and like, I'm not saying this from a place of like, so I've chosen to be faithful. Like I've chosen to like sit with him. Like it's really the only thing I've got left to be honest. Like I know we didn't receive this like official diagnosis, but I was diagnosed with PCOS years ago. And we've been, you know, trying, not trying basically our whole marriage. And then you have this like year. So it's like, you know, I could walk through the whole like experience, but I mean, the past two and a half, three years have been pursuing everything, but, you know, sitting with him and trusting him, like Mm. kind of like, woo. I love you, God. And I trust you. And like, you're amazing, but I'm going to go for a two hour walk and I'm going to drink a gallon of water and I'm going to take magnesium and inositol. And I'm going to try this new drug and this new drug. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like the, I mean, I've never been more stressed in my entire life. I've never been more stressed than when I was doing everything I thought I could do to become this perfect woman, Mm -hmm. to be perfectly in the position to conceive. Yeah. And what the infertility diagnosis, (laughs) I laugh because it's just like, oh my gosh, what? Like, this is like the language we use. Like, it's so, oh, it's so like final and, you know, and daunting. But what that did is it, it bottomed everything out. Like it bottomed out my, my research and my supplements and my routines. Like it wasn't just like my idols, but it was also like the idols of like the practical things I've been trying and trying and trying. And now I'm, I'm walking through like, okay, now I'm like really exposed in front of you because I've tried to do everything possible in my control and I'm not pregnant Mm -hmm. and my body still feel, doesn't feel like my body. Mm -hmm. And what's next? You know, how do we actually walk through this together in this like extremely raw and un, (laughs) 
exposed and unraveled state because yeah. like I've got nothing but you. <laughs> yeah. And I hate that throughout my life. I've often have to had to get to that point mm. of like tasting Jesus on an empty stomach, but it is such a profound place of like raw relationship with him. And it is a place where I've been able to digest the gravity of the gospel so much deeper because there's nothing in the way and there's yeah. nothing I can do. Like yeah. there's nothing I can contribute. Like at the end of the day, like I'm, you know, I'm trying to get pregnant, but I don't have any control. Like I just really don't. And, mm. you know, I think, Right now I'm in the thick of it. I'm not pregnant. We haven't started any um, medical interventions yet. Um, I felt like in my prayer life, like for my mental health and my emotional health, that I just needed my year, if that makes sense. Like I needed my year as if I didn't have these pre-existing hormonal issues to just like pray and try and exist as a human without like railing on myself for not being pregnant or perfect or any, you know, healed or whole or whatever to just like exist and try and have faith and then take, you know, next year as it comes. Um, but just, it's, it's both, you know, like like everything we've been talking about, it's, I'm grateful that I'm not going through this when I was 19. Like this is so much, it's rocking my world so much more than the heartache of wanting to be loved was for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, it's this daily walk with the Lord of being my most authentic self before him and like crying out to him because there's nothing more I want than to be a mother and to have a little half Noah, half Caroline running around. Like it's my greatest dream and my deepest desire. And I think about it almost every second of every day, but I think the deeper the desire, like what I'm learning is the more room God has to move and enlarge my soul with this grief. Yes. And, you know, you see, when you declare those things, like you really declare them in faith because like I'm in it. Like I'm not on the other side of, I don't have my family, you know, like I have Noah, but I don't have these babies that I'm longing for. So it's literally just out of faith. Like that's all I've, I've got. Like I'm not, I don't have these like perfect practices. I'm doing, you know, everything I can to just like be with God. Um, but I think like one, like our words carry so much power and declaring God's goodness and saying things that sometimes like my heart isn't totally in agreement with, but like my spirit knows so well is like, there's something profound that happens in that tension, you know? Um, so it's not like, 
I don't know. It's not like I'm believing that God's going to like open my womb and I'm going to get pregnant. And like, that's the goal. I want that more than freaking anything. (laughs) Like if you can hear me, please. (laughs) But, but I have this deeper desire. It's like, you know, like the rocks cry out. Like my soul is yearning for that desire. Like yet again, like it was for to be married yet again, this like even deeper, like guttural desire to be met by God's love, you know, and I need this to be filled, you know, by him. And if it's, I've thought a lot, like, I know God's up to something because of this, like, deep, like guttural desire. And I know that he can fulfill everything, you know, every desire. And I know that my desires to be a mother, you know, I know that he's put those in my heart and those dreams in my heart for a reason. Well, but I'm just like, I'm kind of in this really raw place of like, I'm mature enough in my faith to know you're up to something and that you're moving in my spirit and that you're refining me and that this is ultimately going to make me more like you and like, I'm going to get to know you better. And my soul is going to be so refreshed and like intimately met by you, but I'm aching like on the way there, you know, and that's just the reality of it. It's, is it's heartbreak. It's heartbreaking. Um, but I do, I look back on my, my marriage. And I just think so often, like I look at Noah and like, again, he's not like the treasure of my life, but the way that he loves me and the way that he knows me and just who he is and how God brought him into my life. I'm like, I wish I could like shake young girls and be like, Oh, you have no idea. Like really how good marriage can be like really how good, God is even in the midst of our brokenness and our shame. Like you have no idea how much he loves you and what good is coming for you and how ultimately like you will be face to face with the one who satisfies you deeper than all of these desires you have lined up in your heart. Um, And he will give you immeasurably more. Like he still abundantly blesses us tenfold. And I have, you know, that's, it's, it's non-ignorable in my life, you know? Um, so, I mean, all that to say, we're just walking through it. Like we're taking it day by day. And it's like, I, sometimes I wish I didn't know that it's going to turn out good. Like, hmm. because I'm in a relationship with Jesus. Like sometimes I wish I didn't know, like he counts every tear, like, so that I could just like, like feel this anger and like really like just like be fully just like pissed off and heartbroken. And like yeah. it's funny, like I mean there are days where that's true. Like there are, mm. but it's like there's always this like soul tug and this like whisper of heaven, honestly. Mm. That's just like I've got you and you know you know, like you've tasted and seen and you know that there is nothing better than my love that. And I think the only reason I've even tasted that is because he is like, 
I've been so in love with the world. I've been so in love with my own desires that he's used those to wipe, you know, those have fallen short and Mm. and been wiped off the table and all that's left with him. And I think genuinely when you do taste him on an empty stomach because, you know, I'm so worldly and so desire these things that aren't him. Like, honestly, it's, it's like, I've only had that empty stomach because I wanted everything else but him first, you know? And, but being in that raw place of knowing him without anything else in between, because being a mom, I've wanted that more than to be his daughter. I've wanted that more than to be loved by God, you know? Like, Mm. I've weighed the options. Just like when I weighed the options or the desires, like, Falling in love with Noah. I'm like, do I want to be in a relationship or do I want to have a relationship with Jesus? Like, are they mutually exclusive? Because yeah. I really want to be in a relationship. You know, like that's yeah. what I mean yeah. when I say like your authentic, that authentic place of like really being known by him is when you really like vomit it all up and yeah. there's nothing left because he knows and is in partnership with you about those intimate, 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 deep desires and deep wounds, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, of course, we know that God knows those things like in our heads. We know that he knows us, you know, but it's all language until it's a conversation, you know? And I think it's all just good ideas or like something we like to talk about, but until we engage, you know, and until like in our prayer life, we're like, Hey, okay, this is like actually what's underneath everything I'm praying about. Like I'm like pray, like when we start praying our pain, that's where, you know, relationship and dependency and reliance and true trust is born. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't know. I think it's, it's raw and it's heartbreaking and I've taken like 500 pregnancy tests also because I don't ovulate. So I can't measure like the amount of time has passed. So even from a logistical standpoint, it's just a nightmare because it's kind of constant whiplash as far as like, okay, another pregnancy test, another ovulation test. Also Mm. with PCOS, what my doctor explained to me is my ovulation tests like strips, which are like, you know, similar to a pregnancy test. They test your um, ovulation, your LH levels. Yeah. Like my body basically will pump up that hormone to try and ovulate, but it won't get there and it'll create these little cysts in my ovaries. So I'll take a test and I can get a false positive ovulation test. So it's like, I don't know who to trust. You know, I'm like, like, am I ovulating? Is it going to work? No one (laughs) knows. Like, and feeling like I have to take all these pregnancy tests because I constantly think I'm pregnant. And a lot of PCOS symptoms mimic pregnancy symptoms, which even that I'm like, Lord, really? You know, like really give me a break. And so, I mean, like, yes, every single day I'm battling this, like the practical implications of this really raw thing, but grief is just it's layered. And I think as a believer, it's necessary. And it's one of the most profound things we'll ever experience in our relationship with the Lord. So 
I mean, I know that sounds so chaotic and rambly, but I guess the answer is just like, it's a lot of both and Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, everyone's journey is different. You know, I'm 25 and I know that I'm on the young side of wanting to start a family and conceiving and, but, you know, I, I do know that my story is valid and everything I've experienced is valid and, um, I think from a practical and health perspective, there is a reason that we've had this desire to start, you know, biologically young. And so it's a long road ahead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, and it's been a long one. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot, it's, it's multi-layered for sure. And I think it's a really important conversation for women to have because it's just, it looks different you know, every day because it is such a real day-to-day minefield sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, thank you for just opening like the floodgates of your heart really and all (laughs) that, like all that that is, you know? I mean, I think it is so challenging to speak even with like close friends and family about something so tender when you're in the thick of it. But I also think um, those stories, when we get to hear them from people who are not on the other side and it's like, and now I have my rainbow baby and here we are. Like right. those stories are powerful. But like, yeah. To, to hear from someone still very much in process. Like mm-hmm. I think we literally forget like our brain sometimes like tunes out like really hard things. You know, I was talking to someone the other day who- you just try and make it through. Yes, exactly. She was like, I genuinely don't remember much about like that season of my life. I was asking her a particular question yeah. and um, it totally makes sense. But I think there's so much power in in sharing when it's like just in this waiting and faith and trust that like- um, God has not left you. He's still good. He's like not yeah. – your story isn't over. Um, and I just know that so much of what you said is going to resonate. Whether people are facing like something that is extremely similar and it is infertility, it is PCOS, it is um, season of waiting or maybe they're like yeah. waiting on something else and just are experiencing – something really similar just maybe god is inviting them into like commune authentically with him and they've never heard this concept before and i just know that that is going to be like so life-changing so i just really appreciate your heart thank you so much thank you those are very generous words Paige. thank you yeah no i'm hopeful i'm hopeful it's it's like it's all part of the his story you know and i i'm really hopeful that things resonate with people that are just walking through a season of waiting and, you know, really connecting with the Lord in their deepest desires. And I think from that, it's like, that's where God moves. You know, we're all human. We all, you know, taking, I've always been ashamed too, of the things that I've desired. Like I've, that's something I've struggled with deeply. That's part of the not communing with him authentically is, you know, feeling like it's, it's not what I should be talking about with God. Mm -hmm. You know, like I should be praying and interceding on the behalf of other people, or I should be, you know, I'm very like others focused. So 
having these like major life desires that really just affect me and my body feels so selfish sometimes that it's like a scary place to enter into with God because of, you know, early childhood understandings of him that I've had to like relearn truly that I can approach him unashamed because of what Christ did for us. Like Mm. that, that invitation is completely there and that I don't have to have any shame or fear in bringing him this like desire to be a mom more than anything. And then I can use like that really extreme language with him because it's honest And he can handle it, you know, like when it talks about in Matthew, like throwing your anxieties on the Lord, it's not just throwing your anxieties and your burdens on him because that's what you're supposed to do. It's because he can take it. Like he can actually handle it. And I've walked through mental health and anxiety and depression for years and didn't even know, you know, how related it was to the things I'm going through now, but that is something that's become so real to me in my day-to-day relationship with him. It's like, he can't take it. Like he will be the last thing standing, you know, and whether it's your choice that you turn to him now, you know, and engage, it's terrifying. Like it's the most intimate and vulnerable, like thing ever to openly dialogue with God and like, let him meet you in those hard, raw, honest places but it's like, you know, if you're busy and this was me, like I'm so get so busy, like doing things for him and staying things on his behalf and like getting ahead of myself. And all the while I have these like secret little like pockets of my heart that I'm withholding from him because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm worthy of it. And I have so much shame there. And it's like, that is what he did for us on the cross, you know, like we have the ability to fully just approach him and be in real authentic relationship with him. So I don't know. I think this is, this is just one of those things I'm, I'm learning in a more real sense than ever Mm -hmm. because it's, it's daily on my mind. Yeah. And I feel like really part of the gift of like allowing God to fully see us and hear us is that we like get to know ourselves Mm -hmm. and I think like I can get so busy like doing um literally like just in my season of life I'm like constantly Flora is a chatterbox she's almost three she's like (laughs) talking to me nonstop, and I'm just like wiping things and just like taking care of things all the time. I like can't even process my own emotions, but just getting through the day. Yeah. When John and I moved out of California last year, so funny because we're back. We went there and back again. But when we left last year, I had this moment where we went to the beach at Corona Del Mar. It's my favorite spot. And it was so magical. We went there with Juliet was like six weeks old and we were on our final trip to the beach, final date. And I was just like sobbing because I realized I had this dream that I didn't even know, didn't even feel like safe or know that I could vocalize. 
and I had never expressed it. So like I love like the Newport area. And I think mm-hmm. part of it is you know, like it's so expensive. I just like never Oh my thought, gosh. That's not realistic. Why would I ever express that? Yeah. So we're like driving around Costa Mesa, Newport, Irvine, Orange County. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sobbing because I'm like, John, I really wanted us to move here for a couple of years. I really wanted to have like small kids here and we're leaving. And like he was just like, what? Like you never told me that. Yeah. Like, you literally never yeah. told me you wanted to move here. And I was like, right. no, like I think I just had these like I didn't even know that I desired that and yeah. let alone like feel safe enough to express that to John or to the Lord. And it we often reference that like like let's I don't know let's not let that happen again. Like I want to even go before the Lord and be like, show me the hidden desires in my heart. Show me what it is and then be okay. Mm. But it shows me to be like, oh my gosh, you're so right to like admit it, you know? Um, So that's just kind of what comes to mind as you're sharing all of that. There's so much to dig into. And man, I am so glad, like I referenced at the beginning of this show, I when I found you on TikTok, girl, I thought we were going to be talking about <laughs> dinner parties and like oh style gosh. and just like all these like fun, girly, I like know, right? stylish things, whatever. Um, and I love how the Lord is like, mm, you know, maybe next time, but like, uh, he's like, I'm going to crack about? your heart open. <laughs> Matters of the heart. Um, so I have all these fun type of questions that we didn't even get to, but I love it. I can talk about both though. I love that. Is literally despite like your computer crashing and <laughs> your know. camera battery dying. <laughs> so Truly, we had y'all. so many interruptions. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know how long this is going to end up being because of I know you know just the I technical difficulties. Yes, it's amazing. Oh my gosh! And I just know, like we prayed before we started recording, like God, just speak whatever you want to say. Like you know, yeah. use this time however you want to. And I truly believe that, man, your vulnerability and your faithfulness and obedience and willingness to share all of this is going to bless the hearts of so many, both now and like the weird thing about podcasts is like someone could literally yeah. be missing listening like three years from now. You know, oh, that's like, terrifying, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was supposed to be encouraging. No, 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 it is encouraging. No, it is encouraging. Yes. That's so funny. It's like, yeah, I didn't yeah, think like about they that. could be listening in three years and like, yeah, be like, oh my gosh, God is still using women's mm. words to encourage, encourage their hearts. That's really so, sweet. I hope yeah. so. It's on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be honest with you that I think I blacked out the entire time. So, like, you know, when you're just over. <laughs> gosh, I hope so because I'm like, it was so mindless to just talk mm. to you and pour my heart out. And gosh, it's like, you know, I'm thinking back on the things we talked about. And I'm like, that was maybe the most personal things I've, I've ever shared. And I know that this will be shared, you know, publicly, but also like we were talking about yesterday when people click into a podcast, like they're there for a reason. They're choosing yeah. to consume that content and it's not just like mindless scrolling on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. So like I find comfort in that just, but like as an anxious human, that Mm -hmm. is of course, like just naturally going to get a vulnerability hangover. Um, but I, I really just 
I trust that, you know, the Lord is going to use this very human experience of just waiting and showing up while you're in the thick of it to encourage people. Cause like we were talking about yesterday, like you, your experience as a human being, not walking through infertility is just as hard and real and valid as mine walking through it. And we were Mm -hmm. able to just come to these like really beautiful, profound encouragement that we found like in our lives and in scripture and in, you know, the, these like connection points, even Mm -hmm. though our stories look so, so different. Mm -hmm. So I'm just praying that people, you know, can find some encouragement (laughs) and just praying that, you know, that the Lord was, was speaking because Mm -hmm. I genuinely blacked out, you know, it's just like, but I just also just trust you. And I think that that is like one of the coolest things about community that's rooted in Jesus. It's like, yes. I, I just know where your heart is. And so mm. I just trust the people, you know, that are listening as well. So I'm honored to share it. I got my first TikTok like troll comment. I woke up to that. See, that's the thing. Morning. TikTok they exist. They're, They're ruthless. ruthless. Yes. Literally, it was like a wild video of um, my girl's nursery. And someone posted Jeez, this Louise. color palette and the sick emoji. And she's like, <gasps> where's the share poster, babe? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Sorry, what? What? <laughs> it was just. Oh, I yeah. Was they're ruthless. Bad. Yeah. No, TikTok, TikTok is an interesting place. And it's. And you can include this or not include this, whatever you need to do. I'm sure you're going to have to do some major editing. So like I promise I'll wrap up my thoughts. You're so good. But I wanted to say this earlier because I think it's so funny you found me through TikTok because like honestly TikTok terrifies me. Like it's such a beast of a social media platform and I kind of happened upon it accidentally or like I kind of gained like a tiny little – following in my corner of the internet through like my, I guess my largest platform, so to speak, is on TikTok, which is so terrifying because what it does is it pumps your content to strangers. Like if you know someone, it takes work to like find them on TikTok. It is literally Mm -hmm. like, okay, here I am for the world come and get me. I'm terrified. And they just like take a bite out of you. So it's definitely a very humbling experience to participate with that area of social media. But the fact that you connected with me on there, just like, Mm. it's, it's so sweet that somehow, you know, through that gnarly side of social media, like there's still like so much good, there is good in it and there is connection. And it is like, something that God can use, which is crazy. Exactly. He can literally use Dinner parties and TikTok. Yeah. Yes. So oh crazy. I know. I know. I'm just going to have to have you come back on because that is totally a side that um, I just think it would be so fun to dive into all the dinner parties and style and all that. I love it. I know we're kind of going backwards, digging into the the deep stuff and then <gasps> saving that for later, but I love it. I That's kind of on brand for me, to be honest. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> well, we are going to wrap up because I have heard my toddler hit my baby like twice and <laughs> Julia has been like, wow. 
<laughs> John is with them, but no. I've heard him being like, Flora, you can't hit her. So oh um, I think I shall Thank go you, John, for a me. couple minutes. I will. He's a saint. Saint John is what he says. <laughs> his, uh, his English teacher called him in seventh grade and he will never let me forget it. Which is so funny. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, definitely thank him for me. Oh, you're so sweet. Okay, I ask all my guests these same questions. They're so fun. Okay. Just the, it is usually this kind of funny, like contrast, like really like deep heart things. And it's like, okay, what three things have you been loving? <laughs> but I okay, do know. I love it. I love it. What three things have I been loving? Um, I have been loving. Yeah, we're we're gonna go from scuba diving to snorkeling really fast, like just really like surface yeah. level. But uh-huh. I have <laughs> I've been loving large cuffed jeans, like oh. straight jeans, but like cuffing them with a really thick cuff at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And I know that sounds so like what, but so they're just like a really fun silhouette and I like the way that they hit and just it looks good with every outfit so like getting longer straight jeans like vintage Levi's and then cuffing them yeah um and it's just a good look like a six inch cuff yes (laughs) I love I've been loving bucket bags like leather bucket bags so purses that are shaped in a bucket I guess yeah yeah crew has some really good ones right now Madewell has some good ones Madewell always Um, has purses I feel like yeah we and they're like they they hold up I love Madewell Mm. purses yeah I don't know if it's Stodd or Stout I don't know but there's a brand that has amazing bucket bags, but they're ridiculously expensive, but yeah. J crew has some really good dupes for them right now. So, yeah. okay. um, and then I guess like a non, um, a non fashion one would be the great British baking show. Dude, I you know how many people say that? Is there three things? No I way. still have not, I still have not page, but I think I need to. I'm a TV girl. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. I get really sucked into – I mean, well, I'm, I work in a film. Maker. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's relevant. Like we can write off when we go to the movies because it's like entertainment study, which is awesome, like for our taxes. Stop. But we like go – no, no kidding, really. It's great. I, it reminds me of like a TikTok audio that's like – I don't remember what it is, but it, I'm really <laughs> going to watch this. It's like what's a business write-off or something? It's like, well, it's when you buy something for your business and then the government pays for it. Yeah, literally. Have you seen yes, that? Literally. The audio is Yes, I have. It's so good. That's um, – no one I do that often because, um, yes, when you're a business owner, you pay so much money in taxes. So it's like, okay, yeah. we're constantly asking our tax guy like, okay, so we watched this filmmaking documentary and we paid this much money on Amazon Prime. And he's like, yeah, you can write that off as long as you you know record this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, so fun. But, yeah, Great British Bake Off. I never was into shows like that and mm-hmm. you they just do such a great job of getting you really invested in the characters like yeah. I've cried Paige I've cried I don't know why I don't know why <laughs> but like I'm it. so emotionally invested in them there's also a kid version like the junior bake off yeah. and they get so into it it's so good oh so those God. are my those are my three things I love that reminds me of the fact that you said that you cried my mom and I it was really special we were very into reality TV growing up like <laughs> 
Um, Good. I love Design that. Star and Food Network Star. Of course, you have like classic American Idol, but it was like Design Star. They had like this white box challenge where like the okay. beginning of the show, like it would just be like a white cube room. And then, you know, everyone's like running to the supplies and like, <gasps> fighting over the fabric. High the stakes. And, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I just, Creative I love that. And- emotional. I love yeah, it. I love reality TV. It's my guilty pleasure for sure. That's definitely my most wholesome reality TV show that I'm loving uh, right now. So yeah. Yeah. That's, those are my things. Yeah. How can we as a community be praying for you? Um, definitely for my vulnerability hangover after this conversation. No, but genuinely, yeah. I think yeah. like it's, I think the Lord has, um, really strengthened a piece of me, you know, in the area of vulnerability and and taught me the value of it so much Mm -hmm. and really just trusting that like my safety is with him and that there is so much encouragement to be found in like the real experience of life. And so I think in part genuinely just praying that, um, the Lord just like preserves my heart in, you know, sharing such something that's so close to my heart, so potentially publicly, mm-hmm. um, and just like protecting my heart and my mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. and yeah, just praying for our family as we're walking through this journey, I've not navigating it well. And I want to make sure that nobody, you know, assumes that from this conversation, I may, you know, I am, trying to throw my cares on the Lord, but that, Mm -hmm. you know, the hurling of like throwing that on him is really, really difficult. And, um, it's, yeah, it's a really raw and heartbreaking day-to-day experience, but Mm -hmm. it is enriched with so much joy. Like these conversations, we'd never be having this conversation, you know, to this degree, We, we wouldn't be having a relationship that's like this deeply rooted so quickly, you know, and I, yeah. I already feel so much like gratitude for you and this conversation. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think just praying for us as we're walking through this for encouragement and comfort and peace. Um, and, um, yeah. So really yeah. just like as much as you can pray for me, I'll take it. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just I pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I will not yes. be shy asking for prayer. Yeah. I, I know it's powerful. So Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I just love thinking about how many people have been prayed over through this. Like it's such yeah. um, a simple thing. Give even it if, to me. <laughs> yes. Even if someone is like, you know, says – something so simple, right? Like it doesn't, the power of our prayer does not depend on like the magnitude of our words, you know? Absolutely. um, Even if just everyone who's listening just like says prayer for every guest after the show, like that is powerful. Yeah. I love that. And where can people find you and connect? Because I know that so much of what you say is going to resonate. And yeah, I imagine you'll be getting lots of people saying hello and just thanking you. Um, that's really sweet. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms 
at Caro Haney, C-A-R-O-H-A-N-N-Y, which is so funny. Caro Haney. Um, but my name is Caroline Hansen. I trip over saying my name. You know what I mean? Like it feels like weird coming out of my own mouth. Um, and then my email, which I'm totally fine giving this away because, um, yeah, if I know this is a really delicate subject. So if somebody wants to reach out or connect about it um, or other things, I'm happy to chat is hello, carohaney at gmail.com. Love. Yes. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time. We had truly the best morning. I loved it. I'm just so grateful. Thank you, you for enduring my tech issues. Oh my gosh. No, that was totally the enemy, but we persevered. We did it. We did. Oh my gosh. And for a second, I was like, okay, is this supposed to be happening? Like, am I all over the place? You know? And I just Uh felt like, you know, a lot of fear in coming into this conversation because it is so, it is nerve wracking and it does require a lot of trust. Um, But I really feel like yeah, that was just the enemy trying to cut us out of this conversation. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see, you know, what will come of it. And just that baseline, I'm so pumped to have a relationship with you now. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, go from there. So, yeah. so great to meet you, Paige. Not Thank you for morning. giving me your morning and sharing this time with me. I'm so honored. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I'm so grateful you decided to join us today and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. So the first way is to share the show with a friend. This is actually how most people find our show and I am so thankful every time you do this. You can text them a link or you can also share the show on your social media. This ultimately helps the algorithm get our show to more like-minded women who can find our community. And I also just love reading through your comments. They mean so much to me and are so encouraging. And finally, you can actually donate to the show by Venmoing Paige Geidel or sending via PayPal to hello at pagegeidel.com. I'm currently working on getting a website up and running, so this is more official, but it does cost time and resources and energy to create the show. And even just $5 helps so much with all of the monthly fees and time. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so thankful for you and we will see you next week for another episode.